you have single-handedly changed our family because of mastermind because i felt safe enough and realized with your help realized that it's not just about the picking up of the toys and the back talk and the productive conversation scripts it's not about that it's about healing myself and becoming a better version of myself and showing up and being able to be that way for my entire family I really credit you with doing something that I literally have not been able to do with countless therapists and all the journaling and all the thinking and all the meditating and all the things. It was because of you. So thank you for helping heal what I thought was unhealable. You're listening to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast with Brandy Rubenstein, episode 48. Hey, podcast listeners. If you happen to have a strong-willed kid who is kind of pushing every one of your buttons lately, I have a resource for you. I made you guys a free guide where you're going to get some tools and tips and strategies to quickly get on the road to creating a happier household. I know you're pulling your hair out. I wanted to make you something so you could start getting some quick wins and building some momentum. So if you want to grab your copy, just go to mastermindparenting.com forward slash free guide. And I hope you enjoy it. My name is Randy Rubenstein and welcome to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast, where we believe when your thoughts grow, the conversations in your home flow. Well, hi guys. Today's episode is four tips for parenting anxious kiddos. So recently I saw a thread in a mom's group on Facebook where a mom was talking about her five-year-old and how she's a working mom. And she said, uh, my five-year-old totally freaked out this morning at school and my mother-in-law takes him to school and basically he freaked out because his teacher was out and uh, and there was a substitute and he totally freaked out and my mother-in-law ended up taking him home. And I really wish she wouldn't have done this. And I'm just afraid that now he's going to think that anytime he doesn't want to stay at school or something's different, he's going to want to go home. And she went on to say, you know, along the thread as she responded to people, it was, yeah, you know, there's a new baby in the house. He's always had a real difficulty dealing with change anytime there's a change. And all the things she was describing, basically, to me, said he was a kid with a sensitive nervous system. And there was all these moms chiming in and, you know, basically bagging on the mother-in-law. And my thought was, I actually think that the mother-in-law probably did the right thing and didn't set a precedent. I mean, not that he was supposedly having a full-blown meltdown and the sub didn't know how to deal with it. The mother-in-law didn't. She was like, I, she, she, she was available to watch him. And so she took him home. So the, along the thread, people know, people said, it sounds like it was an intense, uh, 
anxious meltdown. And, and I agreed with that. I totally agreed with that. And so, so here's a tip. When you have an anxious kid, I want you to know that anxiety often looks like defiance. Remember the quote by Dr. Ross Green, kids do well if they can. So if you have a child that is seeming defiant and constantly not cooperative and digging their heels in about every little thing and there's a total power struggle, a lot of times the that's about this need for control. And it really quite often is anxiety. And and it's also interesting because in these threads in the moms group, I don't know, I have some mixed feelings about these moms groups on Facebook. It's, is, you know, I, I run a moms group that is, that is for my Mastermind Parenting membership. And I really monitor it and run it in a very specific way. There's absolutely, I'm really proud of it. There's absolutely no competition and there's no condescending tone ever going on. And I notice in a lot of these moms groups on Facebook, it's quite often like one mom will write in and either other moms kind of commiserate with her, which that can be helpful because I think that's empathy because in as as a mom, quite often you feel all alone. And so I think it is helpful when the moms kind of empathize and commiserate like, oh, I've been there. I got, you know, I don't know what to say, but I've totally been there too. And um, I feel yeah. So I think that can be helpful. But quite often, somebody's going to chime in with as an authority and I think that a lot of times it, it creates a little bit of like mom shame. And so, and so whenever I've seen somebody that's an authority chime in and, and when the anxiety term gets thrown out there, it's like people think that anxiety, when you use that term anxiety, it's like this, this debilitating malady that it's like cancer. And I think most people identify with anxiety. And I do believe that some people struggle more with anxiety than other people, for sure. And when you have an anxious child, and sometimes they're anxious in ways that it looks like anxiety, but quite often when they're anxious, it looks like defiance. And so I do really believe that we can, we can, you, we can seek resources, right? Like professionals that can definitely help them. It can, it can be helpful to bring a third party in. But unless you're, you're changing the conversation in your home and you're using some really powerful tools at home to help your children to feel less anxious uh, and to develop better coping skills, like the professional alone isn't going to help your kids. It has to be this kind of multiple pronged approach and parenting plays a big role. So, so what I want to tell y'all is, is I have some tools that I want to share with you. If you do have a child that seems like they are constantly power struggling or constantly acting defiant because chances are they are trying to control their environment and they have a lot of anxiety going on. And so this is what I want you to say. This is what I want you to do. Number one, the first tip is 
you have to manage your brain because if you are if you are getting anxious the minute they start to display some of these behaviors then that just accidentally adds to the problem so you have to manage your brain and one of the best ways to do it is to say a mantra in your head because your brain can only hold one thought at a time and so when your child starts to go to that place of super defiance and um and freaking out i want you to say in your head first and foremost like take some deep breaths calm your nervous system down and say something like how can i help my child with his problem like over and over in your head how can i help my child with his problem how can i help my child with his problem and what this does is it helps you to stop making their behavior mean something it doesn't or making their behavior mean something about you right like oh my god like this mom already this mom was saying like i'm worried my mother-in-law set the precedent like now he's going to think anytime he wants to come home he can come home he's going to think that he, you know i'm not he's not going to be responsible we're going to have this whole issue with him not wanting to go to school i need to raise a child you know she was going very future focused and so saying in your head something like how can i help my child with his with his or her problem is basically just keeping you focused on the present moment and not going to that future focused place because that never leads to a positive resolution when we go future focused so you want to stay in the present moment by managing your brain and a mantra can help the second tip is you shift the focus from their head to their body okay let me explain what that looks like so if your child isn't in full-blown meltdown mode yet you want to ask them where where in their body they feel afraid worried frustrated where you feel like as soon as this child started to be concerned that their teacher wasn't there you know going and saying your teacher's not here today you're feeling worried about that where do you feel the worry where do you feel it in your body and if they're what if you get the emotion wrong it doesn't matter they'll correct you right like don't worry about that they'll correct you where do you feel it and they might say i, well, I feel scared where do you feel scared where do you feel it in your body is it in your tummy is it in your chest where do you feel it so asking them to describe what it feels like what it does is it actually shifts their focus from the swirling thoughts and all the panic they're having in their brains into the sensations of their body and once you start to go to the sensation where are you feeling it and they start to describe it well then the conversation opens and when the conversation opens then you're able to say oh you you don't know this teacher she's not you were expecting to see mrs smith today and so you're really surprised and you're like who is this person you're leaving me with mom i i don't even know this person are you sure we trust this person is this going to be safe like i i, I thought miss smith was going to be here i love miss smith and so your tummy is feeling all in nuts because you don't know who this lady is okay starting that conversation by shifting the focus to the body allows you to be able to now support your child right and so and so that gets the ball rolling for having that productive conversation and what that's going to do because when they're not in full-blown meltdown mode yet what's that that's going to do it's going to help them shift up to their thinking brain versus 
going when we were like it's fine you have to be here this you know you're you know it's going to be okay you're going to be fine i need to go when we go to that place of you're stuck i'm not going to in any way hear you or have a conversation with you instead of them shifting from that emotional brain up to the thinking brain they shift downwards and then they go full-blown meltdown mode and it's like the point of no return so if they're melting down right like if they go to that place where they're totally melting down how you shift the focus from their head to their body because because asking them questions they're not able to talk once they go into full-blown meltdown mode they absolutely are far away from their thinking brain they can't speak so you can't ask them questions so what you would do then if they go to full-blown meltdown mode is just describe what you see so you'd say something like your fists are clenched your eyes are shut right now i your voice is so loud i can tell you're really frustrated or mad or you know and you just describe it so so you're just describing your fists look like this and you don't want you want to kind of match their intensity i see you're so mad oh my gosh i see your face is all tight and scrunched up your eyes are closed you want to describe what you're seeing okay this will allow your child to feel seen and understood and ultimately they'll like look at you when they look at you because you've described it that's basically them saying i feel seen and understood and once they look at you right now you you're helping them to shift out of that lower part of their brain and then you want to and then you want to continue helping them develop these lacking skills you want to model some breathing and you so you'll say you'll start and you want to say out loud with little kids i'm sniffing the flowers sniffing the flowers gently blowing out the birthday candles now doing this and breathing you breathing and describing yourself breathing what it does is it allows their mirror neurons to kick in and then they'll follow your lead so when they their mirror neurons kick in quite like this is why when someone yawns and you yawn too they're going to follow your lead on this so you're going to model the breathing the minute they start to you know they 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 look at you and then after you've you've been breathing a little bit and you see that they're breathing that's when you can use the empathy. That's when they're going to start talking. You want to get them to start talking and then you can mirror back and be a sounding board. And you're not going to offer advice. You're just going to hear them and mirror back and be a sounding board. And, and what these four tips do is they allow your anxious child to feel seen and understood and to start to develop really like you're really help you're guiding them in developing better coping skills so they can stop they don't need to be frightened of the anxious feelings they're feeling in their body you're basically teaching them how to shift into feeling the sensations of their body while also managing their brain right and and the breathing literally is like helping them to lower their stress hormones and increase all the you know feel good hormones so you're literally teaching them the lacking skills that they have which is presenting as these super anxious feelings that is showing in defiant behavior and and so 
I really honestly believe that we can greatly help our kids, our anxious kids, learn better coping strategies when they're showing us that they're feeling out of control in their bodies by shifting into number one, right? Managing our own brain, right? So we're modeling that and we show up in that calm way. How can I help my child with his or her problem? We're, we're teaching them how to focus on their body sensations, going from their brain to their body and stopping all those swirling thoughts. We teach them the breath, this beautiful art, like the way that we all have access to our natural Prozac, right? We're modeling how we can breathe and literally manage ourselves biochemically, right? We can manage ourselves biochemically, biochemically by using the breath and we model it. And then we empathize, which is the secret sauce for all humans, right? All humans, once they, once we feel like someone really sees us and gets us, it's like we can't help but move back up into the higher centers of our brain. And so we don't have to feel afraid or powerless when anxious emotions are expressed by our kids. Like we do have the power to help them through some of these super simple parenting strategies. Like, do you guys see how much value there is in this? And then we're doing this and we're seeking other resources, whether it's occupational therapy or play therapy and finding really great resources and an outlet for our kids to be able to talk to a third party maybe and express themselves and learn some tools from somebody other than us. But we're also supporting them with, with using these tools and tips at home. Like so, so powerful. All right, guys, that's what I've got for you today. And I hope you have a fantastic week. Bye for now. Hey, podcast listeners, if you're ready to take this learning to the next level and get some accountability and some handholding, I encourage you to schedule a call with me and hop on my calendar. And to do that, all you need to do is go to randyrubenstein.com forward slash discovery. That's randyrubenstein.com forward slash discovery. Can't wait to connect with you.